chapter 1. We are looking at verses 3 through 6a. The Trinity's plan. Ephesians chapter 1, 3 through 6a. Please read along with me the word of God. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love. He predestined us as us to adoption as son through Jesus Christ to himself, according to his kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestows upon us. Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the Apostle Paul. And thank you for this amazing dissertation on the body of Christ. Father, I pray that we who are called by your name will look at this with longing to understand that these first three chapters tell us what the church is. And the last three chapters, Father, tell us how we are to be. Help us, Father. No man is adequate for such a task. Father, no man is adequate for such a walk. And yet, Father, you have blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. May we understand that. In Christ's name, amen. As I mentioned in my prayer, first three chapters of this book deal with what I would call the doctrine of the church. Today, if you go to church the big buzzword is, what is your philosophy of ministry? And uh, that's always just a tad bit annoying to me because I do not understand how you can have a philosophy of ministry. We are to present every man complete in Christ, admonishing and preaching Christ. That's the philosophy. I don't understand why I have to come up with a new philosophy. Let me get that one done first, and then I'll come up with another philosophy. But if you think about presenting every man completing Christ, they call that job security. Okay. One of the things that I think that has happened is we in our flesh, and I don't care who you are, you just want to know what the rules are. What must I do? And so what we do is we'll jump into the end of this book and men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and children are to honor their parents. Masters are to treat their slaves well and slaves are and we've got all of this done and we're all out there busting our rear ends trying to get it done. And that's where you run into them really, really irritable Christians because they are working their tails off. To try to do what they've been told to do. Now, I'll I'll just give you one thing to try. I'm going to make it so easy for you. Because I love you guys so much. I'm going to give you one thing to do. You only have to do one thing. Okay? Just do this one thing. And you, you don't even have to worry about the rest of the Bible. Just do this one thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. See, I don't even want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I'll make it easy for you. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Church is dismissed. That's not that hard to do, is it? 
But see, I watch people say, I remember reading a, a biography on Martin Luther before he became saved. He would, was in the uh, priesthood uh, and he was studying at a monastery. And every morning before breakfast, the priest would have to give communion. And every morning, the priest got nervous on who would get Martin Luther. And the reason was, he would always come in with the same confession, and it would take him five hours. I have not loved the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And by five hours of confessing that, uh, your porridge is cold. Okay? And yet, I can guarantee you, that no one in this room has loved the Lord their God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength for one second of their existence. The reason is we don't know what we have. God has already given it to us. But for whatever reason, it, 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 it kind of reminds me of the day that you got a Christmas present that you've been anticipating. It's wrapped in a beautiful package, but you don't want to open it. You don't want to open it. Why? Well, because look how pretty it is. But what's inside of it? I don't know. And you know what? That's what I see in Christians right now. They have this beautiful gift inside that they don't want to open. And they get fearful of it. What if he sends me to Africa as a missionary? What if he does? Okay. What if he has me? You know what? He keeps sending me to countries I can't even read the signs. I have to go to restaurants that has pictures. And then I still don't really know what I'm getting. I ate at a Lebanese restaurant in Baku, Azerbaijan and had a burrito. I have no idea what I had. But it, the picture looks like a burrito. So I ate it. And I wasn't dumb enough to ask, what was that? Some things I'm just better off ignorant about. Paul starts this out. And I shared with you that in some of our early manuscripts in verse one at Ephesus isn't there. So the letter, if you read the letter in its context all the way through, it can fit any church. He's not dealing with specific Problems in a given body, this letter fits every single church that has been or ever will be. And then he starts it off, blessed be the God and Father. The word blessed there is the word we get eulogy from, is the word that speak well of. And he starts off with the praise because verse 3 through 14 is one sentence. And when you start looking at what he's dealing with, you understand why he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ. And then you start understanding it. That was the aspects, part one of his aspects of blessings. We are in part two. The aspects of the forming of the body. Chapter 4, verse 13 tells us, it's the body of Christ. What is the body of Christ? It is the church. The body can function, your human body can function with a lot of parts flawed. Which is a beautiful picture of the church. 
Because the church can still function even though some are not helping. So, what are the blessings of the forming of the body? And I told you that these texts show us the Trinity's plan before creation. Okay? Last couple of weeks, we've been looking at verse 4. He chose us in Him. So the method of forming the body was election. A lot of people get their underwear in a bunch over that. But that's what it says. All right? God's sovereign choice determined to have a unique and intimate love relationship, and He designed it before the foundations of creation. God's plan. God's plan. All right? What is the object of this plan? It's easy. The elect. Chosen us in Him. God has chosen us to be in Christ. Us is the faithful. Us as those whose soul has been invaded by the Holy Spirit. The ones who believe. But it's also the ones who have responded. Right? I I watch people get all beside themselves over this. And I don't understand it. Man is responsible and God is sovereign. Well, those clash. No, they don't. Man has a responsibility. God is omnipotent and omniscient. He knows all and is all powerful. I don't have any problem with it at all. No one ever will go to heaven ever who has not willfully submitted him or herself to obedience to God. I don't care who it is. If they do, the thief on the cross submitted to the obedience to Christ. And today you will be with me in paradise. Now he had a real short race. Okay? But I don't care who it is. There must be a response. Jesus said it this way. You will not come to me that you might have life. They wouldn't come. They wouldn't come. Let me give you a text that is one of the most fascinating that I have ever read in my life. Okay? Because it, it we read over it because of everything else that is going on. And you don't pay attention to what is being said. Because how many times you just read something and just you know, read it and I'm going on. It's like the be opening chapters of any epistle, grace and peace to you. And usually that is some of the most profound theology you'll ever get into. But we're trying to get into what am I supposed to do? Luke's gospel, chapter 22, verse 22 is read often and very seldom ever really thought about. For indeed, the son of man is going as it has been Determined. You know where he's going? 
Crucifixion. Crucifixion. Who determined it? God did. All right? But, woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. Did you get that? Did you think about that? God predetermined that Jesus Christ was going to be crucified. And Judas is responsible. See, it's both sides. This was God's sovereign decision to crucify his son. By the betrayal of Judas. Delivered to be crucified, it was determined. It is what God had planned. But woe to the man who betrayed him. So you see what I'm trying to get at? There's two sides. Man is responsible. There is no man steps into hell who is not responsible for it. There is no man who steps into heaven without the sovereign work of God. God is absolutely sovereign, yet Judas was responsible for every deed he did. Listen, I want, I, I want to be clear on this, and here's the reason. One of the things that I have watched evangelicals do is they grab a hold of sovereignty. Now listen, I, I, I think I shared this with you. People say, well, you're a Calvinist. And I was like, well, and they said, are you a five-point Calvinist? And I smile at them and said, no, actually, I'm six. And they look at me and go, six? And I said, yeah, what's the sixth one? When we get to heaven, you'll see I was right. Okay. Why? I lean heavy on the sovereignty of God, but I ain't stupid enough to think that that sovereignty takes me off the hook for my responsibility. All right. And if people start going so far down that line of God's sovereign, I'm just going to sit here and wait. You just got on the hook and you're in trouble. I let God be God. Knowing that man is man. We are the object of his election. We were chosen in him before the foundation. We were chosen in order to be made into the image of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? Who... Who here in their right mind says, today, I will conform myself into the image of Jesus Christ? How silly is that? If you can go do that, brothers, sisters, then you don't need the cross. We're studying the book of Judges. And you... (laughs) You just look at it, so that's just, you know, so that sounds just like the United States. No, that sounds like me. Every one of those people. Although I have never whipped a bunch of Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. But do you see what I'm trying to get at? Psalm 139, verse 13. For you formed my inward parts, you covered me in my mother's womb. 
Okay? I hear people say, if I were less like or more like, and the effect of such thinking is what? Not only are we placing ourselves at odds with who we are with those thoughts. If I was more this or I was more that. One of the things you'll learn as you get older and older, you keep thinking, well, what if? Well, it doesn't matter what if. Here you are. And you have to understand we are placing ourselves at conflict with God when we think, what if? We forget that we were thought of and chosen before the foundation of the world. When you get into that, let me give you just a bit of advice. When you get into that and you start thinking, well, what if? Try this one. Try asking God, how do you see me? Try that one. Okay? Because it is easy. I I tell you what, I am my own worst critic. I mean, if you guys knew the turmoil that I was in after a sermon, because I should have said, and why didn't I say, and I, why didn't I get, and how did it, and, and God says, well, how do I see you? Oops. I remember at a preaching conference in Memphis, uh, a man that I admire extensively, Stephen Olford, uh, I had to preach in front of him. This is the guy who instructed Billy Graham on how the Holy Spirit works. He'd been around a while. His first preaching assignment was Dunkirk in the evacuation. Okay? So I had to preach in front of him. So I was getting ready. So I told him, I want to go first. They said, why? Because I want to get this over with. So I was sitting down by his secretary, and she says, are you nervous? I said, you bet. She said, well, you know, you shouldn't be. And I was like, let me tell you something. If my hair was on fire, I couldn't spit to put it out. She says, well... It's just Dr. Olford. And I was like, just Dr. Olford? She says, sir, you preach before Jesus Christ every Sunday. Yeah, but he ain't sitting there taking notes. <laughs> A guy named George McDonald said this, quote, I would rather be what God chose to make me than the most glorious creature that I could think of. For to have been thought about, born in God's thought, and then made by God, is the dearest, grandest, and most precious thing in all thinking. Unquote. We were chosen in Him before the foundation in order to be made like Jesus Christ. We were chosen in Him before the foundation to be given a room in the Father's house. We were chosen in Him before the foundation to have fellowship with us forever. I don't even have a word to describe that. Being a Christian is the most fabulous thing that humanity could ever have conceived. And then we find out humanity didn't. God did. 
We are the chosen. Jesus said, I will ecclesias. You know what that term means? You know how we translate it? Church, I will build my ecclesias and the gates of hell cannot stop it. That is the body of Jesus Christ. The ecclesias, the called out ones. The elect. Do you understand that there is no sense of time with God? This has always been something that rattles my brain and my thinking pan every once in a while. That time was given for you and me. God is not bound by time. And yet, the Bible teaches it that He is patient. Well, how in the heck are you patient if you're not bound by time? Well, if you're not bound by time, then you have all of it. Right? Do you understand His sovereign decision that we are His before the world began? Do you understand that because we are His, we are inheritors of the kingdom before the world began? We were chosen to be in the Father's house before the world began. We're going to get this for three chapters, brothers, sisters. I told you that when I started this letter and I kind of doing a review on it, it's like we are being witness to God's bank account. And all he asks you and I to do is withdraw it. But you have to understand his bank account. He has given you every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. So you're lacking what? Nothing. And we'll get into chapter 4. And I want to show you something because it's kind of amazing. Because you get a therefore. You know what a therefore is? It refers back to what you just got in three chapters. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you. You know what that's like? I beg you. I beseech you. To walk in a manner worthy. Why? You have access to the divine bank account. You can't overdraw it. You can't outspend it. But you need to utilize it. Such a high calling. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling which you have been called. This is all the cause of the praise in verse 3. Why? Paul understands it's all in him. Period. Period. He has chosen us. We are the object. We, the elect. It is us. The method was his sovereign selection. Okay? So let's deal with the time. The time. The time and the aspects of the forming of the body of Christ. When? When? Before the foundation? It's How many ways can you say this? Before anything was? I, you know, I, there's a lot of companies out there now, or two or three companies out there now, that you can chase your genealogy. Your, your tree or whatever it is. And in that one company, you can get a, a DNA swab or something, and, and they'll tell you what part of wherever you're from. Um, 
are, and 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 people say, "We got to No, I don't want to know. <laughs> I I have enough knowledge in my own background to say I don't want to even know any farther than that. <laughs> so, you know, but I can tell you that I am of my father, Adam. There's no one had to teach me to sin. Uh, I managed it very well on my own. If you go into theological circles, this understanding, the theology, is called predestination. Okay? The elect, by the method of God's election, was done before the fall. It was done before creation. It was done before time was invented. It was done before anything. God laid it all out before anything happened. He formed the body before the world began. Do you ever think about that? That makes my head hurt. He formed the body before anything. Before, do you know, before he created space. Before he created the stars. Do you realize it was before the holy angels? The Trinity got together and says, this will be the body of Christ. Matthew's gospel, chapter 25, verse 34. The king, then the king will say to those on his right, come. You who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared to you from the foundations of the world. But Peter really hits it out of the park. I want you to listen to these words and then I'll add some things to it because I'm convinced there's, there's times you guys probably shouldn't leave me alone in my office by myself. But I want you to think about First Peter chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. But with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished, spotless, the blood of Christ, for he was foreknown. Okay, the he there refers back to Christ. For he was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but has appeared in these last times, For the sake of you. Okay? That's a very clear text. But it has got so much in it that I will try to unpack quickly. The body, the church, was formed before the world began. The foundation was prepared before the world began. Before he made creation. You know what that means, what Peter's giving you right here? Christ was crucified before the world began. Adam's disobedience did not catch Jesus Christ off guard. He had already had in his possession the redemption plan. Christ was literally crucified before creation started. 
That's amazing to me. How'd you like to be sitting there in the Godhead? You did what? Well, what's plan B? There is no plan B. Why? I'm going to show creation how great I am because I'm going to take these blind, naked, depraved people that I have chosen before there ever was anything and conform them into the image of my son. The Trinity's master plans. You and I, on this side of the cross, we see it simply being worked out. It's coming to truth, reality, and before our very eyes. Listen, I watch people struggle. I want you to understand something. As I just look at these texts, I can honestly say things don't happen by chance. I don't care what it is. I do not care. Who you're married to was not. Well, I just happened to rock into her. Nope. Didn't happen that way. That ain't the way it works. I mean, we always look at it and say, well, but th-. no, there ain't no such thing as chance. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God did what? Prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. There is no chance. We are God's masterpiece. This is God's ultimate power being exhibited in creation. Paul told the Romans, all of creation groans for the redemption of the sons of God. We are created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God before ordained. It's already set. All you and I have to do is walk in them. You don't have to run in them. You don't have to crawl in them. You don't have to hopscotch in them. You don't have to skip in them. All you have to do is walk. Is walk. That should just freak you out. It freaks me out. I think that my Lord was crucified before he ever spoke existence into being. But in doing so, he knew that all of those that he had chosen would be part of the body of Christ. And it was predetermined. You didn't get saved quicker than you should. You didn't get saved later than you should. There's times in my life I told you I was a late bloomer. Seemed like everybody I know got saved in the eighth when they were eight or in the eighth grade. And I was like, I, I didn't make either one of those. I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't even close. I was in my late twenties. Okay. And I always thought, Lord, what if I'd have gotten saved? When everybody was eight, you know, I could have lined up with the eight year olds and we'd all been saved together because I, I felt like I wasted a lot of time. No, I did waste a lot of time. Don't kid yourself. 
And you know what I learned is? Our style of life, I don't care who you are, was placed before the world began. That's amazing. That's amazing. I don't know why he puts up with me. I hate planning. And I look at this and this is nothing but insane planning. This is crazy stuff. Who you got married to? Your kids. That's all planned. All planned. The path that you're on is all planned. The day you leave this place, that's planned. You can't leave a minute earlier or a minute later. You can't extend it. You can't shorten it. It's all planned. I don't care who you are, your education. I don't care if you're talented. I don't care if you have abilities that are beyond other people. Do you understand that was all given to you before eternity? And yet, why are we anxious? Why do we worry? If it's just planned. That's amazing to me. So, the method of forming the body, the sovereign selection. The object, us, the elect. The time, before creation. Before there was time. Before he created time. Before he flung the stars in the heaven. Before he set the boundaries of the sea by land. Before all of that. Before he hung the celestial balls into the sky. Before he hung light on them. Before he created light for you and I. Your life. And everything you go through, everything you've been through, everything you know or have learned, it's all planned. Next week, we'll look at the purpose of the body of Christ. Father, we come to you, the author and the finisher. Lord, what an awesome God. Uh, I, 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 I don't have another word. What an awesome God. Father, thank you. That you knew each and every one of us before creation. Father, I still stand in awe of the fact that our Savior and Lord was crucified when it was just the Godhead. And yet, Father, we stand today to watch you play out this massive plan in each of our lives. Wow. Father, we love you. We praise you for this time. We praise you for your word. Father, I look forward to the rest that you will show us. In Christ's name, amen.